Hey there, welcome to Not Your Ordinary Girl, a podcast for professionals looking to find their voice, define their brand, and maximize their impact. Episodes are a collection of lessons from real life, interviews with people doing incredible things, tips and tools to get you on your way to realizing your infinite career possibilities. Hey there. So today we're going to be talking about work-life balance. Always a popular topic this time of year. The sun's shining. Maybe you want to get out to the golf course. Maybe you want to get out to the park with your, your puppy or your kids. Maybe you just want to sit at home with a glass of wine on your deck. Lots of things to do as the weather starts getting nice and we get antsy and we want to get back outside. So it's a really good opportunity to evaluate how balanced you are between your professional life and your personal life. This has been a love-hate relationship for me personally in my professional life. When I first started uh, working in office-type jobs, I, you know, when I was younger, I did a lot of hourly jobs, which meant that if you didn't go to work, you didn't get paid, right? So having a salary was great because you've got the um, consistent paycheck and you know how much you're going to make every week and you can kind of plan and budget, but it's a very different mindset that someone's going to pay you just for showing up. Okay. They've agreed to pay you the certain amount and sure you can go in and do a, a lousy job and that'll last for a while until they get sick of it and then you get fired. But, um, it's not instant reward for hard work and good behavior. So for me, transitioning to a professional position where it was a Monday through Friday type of deal where you got a salary, I didn't know when to turn off. And when you're young, I mean, all that you have is your social life, single at the time. I had nothing but time. So I set the expectations at a lot of my early jobs that I was going to be available anytime, anywhere, for anything. So Kelly was going to be the go-to person. If there was a last-minute project on a Saturday, they were looking for somebody to work, call Kelly because Kelly doesn't know how to say no. So that worked okay for a while until I started noticing that other people were not putting forth 150% of their time. And I, I started to think about that and wonder, well, Hmm, are are they getting further in their career than I am and they're putting in less effort than I am? What's wrong with that math? That math doesn't really work for me. I mean, where I come from, if you put in 100 hours, you get paid for 100 hours. And now they're putting in 30 hours and I'm putting in 60 hours and they're moving up the ladder. What am I doing wrong? So it took a long time and certainly a lot of growing pains and false starts to figure work-life balance out. And quite frankly, I'm still not good at it. Uh, I'm just wired to not know when to shut down. And, you know, we all are built in our own way and you have to find what works best for you. But I hear a lot of times from people that one of their key areas in their career that they'd like to improve upon is work-life balance. So what exactly does work-life balance mean? It doesn't mean that just because you work hard on Monday through Thursday, you should get to punch out at lunch on Friday. That's not, that's not really how it works. 
The idea is that you need to find a level of balance between your home life or your personal life and your professional life that is healthy and manageable and sustainable for you. And everybody's levels are different. You know, everybody's got different priorities. Uh, When I was younger, I didn't have a family. I didn't have any responsibilities other than me. So if I chose to go in on a Saturday when I got called, that was totally up to me. And the other things that I could have been doing that I sacrificed to do that were totally on me. So the only person that it hurt in the long run was looking back now, there's different things that I didn't get to do because I was going to work on a Saturday or in a pinch or working late a couple nights a week, you know, all of those things. That's on me. And at the time, I thought that it was going to earn me extra points with the boss or a better reputation or demonstrate that I was dedicated and loyal. And frankly, I think for me, that's the big piece is in my mind, if I gave 150% effort, that demonstrated that I was loyal and I was the good employee. And I, I really feel that no matter what job I've ever had, I always want to stand out as that person that is willing to give her best. I have terrible fear of being seen as a slacker. Still to this day, I don't want to be a slacker. I worked with slackers. We all know slackers in our life, and I am terrified that anybody would ever consider me to be a slacker. For the most part, I don't care what anybody thinks about me, and I can be pretty thick-skinned when it comes to criticism and feedback and all of that because if I know I'm doing a good job, I know I'm doing a good job, and that's usually okay for me. But when it comes to my work ethic, if it's ever questioned that I'm not going above and beyond, that hurts me at my core, and I am not comfortable with that. Therefore, I overcompensate by going the extra mile as often as I do. As I mentioned, that was a problem earlier in my career because I couldn't figure out how to draw that line between going the extra mile and just being a doormat or just being that people pleaser that wanted everybody to think they were giving their best effort. And a lot of times it can be misunderstood. And instead of looking like you are trying to give your best effort, it can be viewed as being a kiss up or being a brown noser or being a doormat. And you really have to consider that, especially, and not to draw out the young folks out there, but especially when you're young because you're eager to please, you're just starting out and you really want to make a good impression. So what we're going to talk about today are some different ways that you can develop that balance without becoming a slacker. I mean, just because you have work-life balance doesn't mean that you're going to slack off and not do your job. It doesn't even mean that you're not going to do an awesome job. It just means that you are going to make sure that you are taking care of you as well as your employer. Now, these things that we'll talk about are things that you can do if you're just starting out so that you can set boundaries and make sure that you are developing the right habits. Kudos to you if that's who you are, because that's the time when you should be doing it is from the beginning and work your way through your career, making sure that you have that balance. For those of you out there that are, you know, mid-career, late-career 
and have been doing things kind of like I did early on in my career, it's never too late to change. Uh, there's probably some resentment. I know there were, there were some times later on in my career where I started feeling really resentful about the fact that I had made the decision to be that person that did not have work-life balance. And now that I wanted to have it, it was almost like I didn't know where to start. I took some time to really try and figure out how it, how it was going to fit into my career. And quite frankly, it's, it's uncomfortable because I'm used to doing things one thing and now you're changing it up. And that slacker syndrome in the back of my head kept creeping up as, oh, well, maybe if I change the way I'm doing something, people are going to think I'm slacking off. No, the opposite, in fact, because what I found was when I was more in tuned with balancing my professional and my personal life, I was more effective at work. I was better rested. I was more fulfilled because I wasn't so resentful feeling like I was being taken advantage of. I was happier with my time off because I was taking it. And therefore, when I was at the office, I didn't mind being there as much because I got my time off. So it all kind of came together in the end, but it, it was an interesting journey to get there, especially if you don't do this from the beginning. The first thing I want to talk about is delegation. If you're in a position where you can delegate work, you need to delegate the work. We tend to, and I say we very generally, but I tended to feel that I needed to do all of the work myself to make sure it was done correctly. Even as I was rising through uh, the ranks, I continued to really hold some of the more important work to myself because I needed to make sure that it was done right. This isn't fair to me because you have employees for a reason. You are tasked with leading them and growing and developing them. And if you hold all the work for yourself, then they're not growing you're getting tapped out, and it's not a good situation for anybody. So if you have staff that you can delegate tasks to, do that. Quantity versus quality is, I guess it's a pretty cliched phrase nowadays, but it does have some relevance. Because if you are focused on spending two hours a day really dialed in and focused on the work that you're doing and make sure it's your best effort. There's no distractions. You're not thinking about how you wish you could be outside. You're not thinking about what's going on at home. You're not thinking about how nice it is and how you wish you'd be at the park. You're focusing on work for those two hours. Imagine how much more you would get done than if you spent four hours where you get halfway through a sentence in an email and you're staring at the wall thinking about all the things you'd rather be doing, right? Or now you're getting antsy, so we get up and we have to go get coffee because we're exhausted, we didn't get enough sleep last night, we're not focused. Four hours later, you find you've gotten nothing done because you just couldn't focus. So when you pull all of the other things together outside of the office and have some kind of balance where you're making sure that you're getting enough rest, you're getting the right foods to eat, you're getting exercise, you're getting that free time to blow off steam, go outside, play golf, run with the dogs, whatever it is you like to do in your free time, when you're actually at your desk doing your work, you can focus on your work. Boundaries is a very 
important thing. I mean, boundaries are important anywhere in your life, but boundaries with your job, with your boss, with your employees, with your coworkers, critical, critical. If you're just starting out and you're listening, pay very close attention because anybody that's been out there in the professional world for years will tell you that if you do not set good, strong boundaries and stick to them, you're screwed because people will constantly push your boundaries and they will constantly try to get a little bit more out of you. And if you're okay with that, then that's fine. But it's a snowball effect because it just continues to grow. And before you know it, you're looking back thinking, how did I get here? How did I get from working 40 hours a week at a job I really enjoyed to now working nights and weekends and covering business trips and picking up work for other people and being the go-to person that's got to cover all kinds of meetings? How did I get here? And how can I not say no? Because it's just slowly gotten completely out of control. So boundaries are super important. And in a world where business seems to operate 24-7, you know, we, we don't have nine to five jobs anymore. I don't know that I've met anybody in recent times who doesn't have a cell phone that has their work email on it. This is both a blessing and a curse. It is really nice because it gives you the opportunity to get things done when you're not in the office. But it also gives you the opportunity to have to get things done when you're not in the office. That first email you send outside of work hours, that's it. It's a slippery slope from there because now you've demonstrated that you are willing to be reachable outside your nine to five. Totally fine. It's good to be keeping tabs on things and making sure that you need to be able to be quick responsive. I worked with a lot of international teams. The time zones were all different and things would go wrong at all hours of the day and night, and I needed to be reachable in case there was an emergency. That was just part of the job. I knew that going in, and I was totally fine with it. What I learned was that there are ways to be on 24 hours a day without working 24 hours a day. One thing you can do, set aside 30 minutes. If, if you are in a position where you need to be responsive, in the evenings after work, set aside 30 minutes in the evening before you go to bed, after dinner, while the kids are doing their homework, whatever works for your schedule, but set aside 30 minutes to sit down, just check in on your email, make sure everything's going well, answer any fire drills that have come up, and then turn it off and be done. On the weekend, same thing. Maybe set aside an hour on the weekend where you can disappear Check in on things, make sure everything's going okay, put out any fires. And then if something urgent comes up, tell your staff to put urgent in your subject line. If it's something that needs to be answered right away, ask them to put urgent, capital letters, subject line. So when you open your email, you can triage and you can see, okay, I need to take care of this. This is not something that can wait. I have to take care of it. That way you're not scrolling through, getting caught up in other emails that probably don't need to be answered until Monday or the next day. But because you're in there looking at it, you think, oh, well, I can take care of this real quick because I'm on already. No, 
handle the urgent things and put it away. Save it until Monday. Save it till the next day. If it's an emergency, your staff or your employees should be able to call or text you and get you immediately. Obviously, in an emergency. This breaks things up so that you can step away from your phone. If it's not ringing from one of your employees and you don't see urgent in their subject line, it doesn't need to be handled until you get back to the office the next day. It just doesn't. If you find yourself home alone one night and instead of sitting with a a beer in front of a ball game or going for a walk with the dog, if you find yourself itching to sit down at your desk and do some work and get ahead for the next day, hey, that's that's what you want to do. That's what you want to do. But at the same time, if you set these boundaries and organize yourself with your staff that this is how you are going to handle things, set the routine that every night you sit down and you answer some emails for half an hour. I had a boss. She was who I learned this 30 minutes from. Every night after her kids went to bed, she would sit down, she would check her email It seemed like she was only on for about 20, 30 minutes. If there was something urgent where you needed, you could catch her in that 30 minutes. Otherwise, she was done for the night. You would catch her tomorrow. But over time, everybody knew that she was going to sit down for 30 minutes. So if something came up and you needed a last-minute approval or had a question, if it was important, you shoot her an email before she got on her her computer for that 30 minutes, and you were going to get an answer before you went to bed. I felt like that was a really good example of how to be reachable outside of regular hours without really losing your whole evening. She could sit down, check in on the important things. If there was anything pressing, take care of it, put out any fires, turn it off and be done. When we work around the clock, nights and weekends, you road warriors out there that are traveling all the time, it's very difficult not to get burnt out. It really is. And even if you love your job and you love the traveling or you love the late hours or you love being ridiculously busy, I'm totally guilty of that. I would much rather be completely swamped, committed 150% of my time than be stagnant or bored or looking for more work. I have a serious issue with learning how to say no to work because I would much prefer my plate to be overflowing than to have any space on it. For me, I'm just much more productive if I have to account for every second of my time. If I have to schedule my my days to the 15-minute increments, then I know that I'm going to be super productive because I have lots to do and only so much time to do it in. I don't know if you, you experience this Back when you were in school, even in high school, I can remember, you know, the nights you come home and there was no homework, or maybe you had one report that was due in a couple of weeks, but that was the only thing. And it's so easy to think about, well, I've just got this one report. It's not due for a couple of weeks. I guess I could start it tonight. I'll do a few things. And then you get going and you think, why am I doing this? I've got two or three weeks before it's even due. I got plenty of time. I have plenty of time. Then the next night, I've got plenty of time. I'll just I'll just do this assignment here, which is due tomorrow, or just do that. I that assignment's not due for a few weeks. I have plenty of time. And then before you know it, you've got like three days left and it's due. 
and you think, well, geez, what have I done now? Because I had three weeks to do it and I had tons of time to get it done in the back of your mind, but now you have no time and now you're crunching and now it's not going to be done as well as you wanted it to be because you don't have the time to do all of the things in your mind that you were planning to do with this assignment when you had weeks and weeks to do it. I'm definitely that employee. If I have a few things to do with a half-empty calendar, I can literally stare at the computer screen for half an hour and then look at the clock and wonder, where just where did that 30 minutes just go? And it's, it's not even... Uh, it's not even really a conscious thing. I'm not sure how it happens. I think you start thinking about all of the different ways you can get those few things done and you start getting creative and, well, I can do this first or maybe I'll organize my file folders or maybe I'll clean out my email or, you know, there's all of these maybes of what you could be doing other than the two or three things you have to get done. And then before you know it, half your day is gone and you got nothing done. If you're one of those people that has one thing to do on their plate and all day to do it, and you're in there at 9 o'clock and you do that thing right at 9 o'clock and you're done by 9.30 and then you have all day to do nothing, I'm impressed. That's awesome. I, I, I want to be like that. For me, I think the problem is, is that I have concerns that once I get it done at 9.30 and then you have nothing to do, what do you do with the rest of your day? It's like the idea of having nothing to be productive with for the rest of my day is very stressful to me because now I've got this one task. It's nine o'clock. I've gotten it done. It's 930. Now I've got 930 till five o'clock. I got to make stuff up. I got to, I'm going to be bored out of my mind. And the reality is I probably wouldn't be bored out of my mind. I would find other things to do just like I found other things to do before I did that task. But there's no pressing deadline and there's none of that expectation on my shoulders that I have to get that done. So I, I, I like the time crunch, I think. I like knowing that I only have so much time to get something done and I got to get it done. And I, if I run right into the office and I do it now and it's over with, then there are no hard press expectations on me. And having nowhere to go and all day to get there, it's a very uncomfortable feeling for me. I wandered off there a little bit, sorry, but taking on way too much is something I'm very good at because I would much prefer to be super busy than bored. But at the same time, we have to find a way to balance it because what happens when we take on more and more and more work, you're essentially eating up all of your time to be balanced on the other end. If you're just going to take on projects until you have no free time and then you have to use your nights and weekends to catch up for them, again, those are trade-offs that we all make. And when I was younger, I made those trade-offs and, and I lived with them. But as I've gotten older, I kind of would rather have a life on the weekend and most of the people that I talk to, they would rather have a life on the weekend. But somehow we are all struggling to find work-life balance. If you are looking at a new job, interviewing for a new job, just starting a new job, it's worthwhile to ask your future employer, new employer, what the policies are on mobile devices and remote work and 
weekend work, travel, all of those things, so that you really have a full picture of what type of time commitment they're looking for. Randomly one day, I took a look at how many hours I had worked in a month. This is years ago, probably 15 years ago now, when I was insane working ridiculous amount of hours thinking that I had to prove myself by working nights and weekends. And I took my salary and the number of hours that I had worked for the month and I calculated it all down. And by the time I was done, at the end of that month, I had earned approximately, I believe it was $2.30 an hour. Now I had waited tables and tended bar and worked in restaurants for a long time through high school and and in my 20s and complained about the fact that you only make about $2 an hour to do those kinds of jobs. But at least you get tips on top of it. So it, 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 it does end up being more per hour, right? And tips are cash. So you have it in your hand then. You have to pay taxes at the end of the year, but, you know, you get the cash right then. Now, I had gone to school and gotten a degree and gotten this big fancy job with health care and a set paycheck, and I had now given myself a giant demotion in pay because I didn't know how to say no. It got me to thinking about how much my time is worth. Obviously, as I said, it took quite a few years after that for me to really enact that into my behavior at work because once you start doing that, I think it's really difficult to just pivot and suddenly say, oh, sorry, I'm not available on a Saturday. Um, and there's, there's certainly different ways that you can work that out with your boss. If you are working in a situation now where you have set yourself up that you are always available and always there to, to pick up the slack for anybody else, you might sit down with your boss or your supervisor and say, look, I've really been doing some hard thinking and I love my job and I really enjoy what I'm doing, but I'm noticing that my, my professional and personal balance is really out of whack and I need to take some steps to make some changes so that I can continue to do the work here that I'm enjoying for the long term. Because at the rate I'm going, I'm going to get burnt out. And because I enjoy this job and I like what we're doing, I really don't want to get to that place. So here's what I need to do. And be honest with your employer. You were hired to do a job. And if you are still doing that job to the best of your ability and following within their guidelines. You know, some companies, they say you need to be in the office for core hours, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m., 8 a.m. to 4 p.m., whatever it is. I'm not suggesting you go in there and say, well, I've been busting my butt for the last two years for you, and I'm feeling my work-life balance isn't working for me anymore. So I am going to need to take every other Tuesday off and leave at noon on Fridays. I'm not suggesting that. I mean, if you could get that to work, hey, you've got an awesome job, let me know where it's at. But as long as you're negotiating with them or setting boundaries within the arranged position that you were hired for, that should be acceptable. Now, there's probably going to be some growing pains because if you've set the boundaries that you're willing to do more than they initially had planned for, 
they've obviously gotten used to that. And it's going to be a little uncomfortable for everybody because now you are flipping the tables a bit. Depending on how big of a change you're looking to make with your work-life balance, you might do a phased approach. Perhaps you let them know that something's changed in your, in your personal life and you are no longer going to be able to be reachable all weekend long every weekend at an instant. You know, maybe you tell them, I'll be able to check my email for an hour this day or an hour on that day. Um, and I, I want to talk to my staff about putting urgent in the subject line. Those types of things to let them know that you're going to be dialing it back a little bit. Or perhaps it's all of the travel that you're doing. Maybe you've been picking up trips for all of your coworkers and you don't want to travel as much. Hey, I'm still happy to do my trips and on occasion cover a trip for, for somebody else, but I need to cut back a little bit and keep it within what's within my job description or what's within my portfolio. I can't, I can't be covering everybody else's trips for a while because... You know, I, I just need a little bit more time at home. Your coworkers might be a little disappointed because you were Johnny Go-To if they had a ballet recital for their kid or a bachelor party for their, their co- college buddy or going to visit their mom, right, and didn't want to go on a trip. They call you and knew that you would be there to cover their trip. Having boundaries and making sure that you are taking time for you is in the best interest of your employer. And if you have good leadership and you communicate with them honestly and politely and professionally that you need to make adjustments to improve your work-life balance and you are going to do X, Y, and Z and this is why you're, you're implementing them now or this is when it's going to start, if they are a good leader... They will applaud that because they will recognize that if you are taking care of you, then you will be in better mental shape, emotional shape, all of those to do a better job at your job. People that work around the clock and give 150%, they can still do a really good job. I know that when I was really busting my butt and doing 150% of the time, picking up whatever work I could, covering for anybody I could. I was dedicated to making sure that whatever I delivered was top-notch. I also know that it wasn't always top-notch because if you are finishing on a project at 1 o'clock in the morning before getting up at 5 o'clock in the morning to get in early to cover a meeting, you're tired. You're tired. And and you may be staying up until 1 o'clock in the morning to get that work done and make sure that it's top-notch. But things get missed, right? Tired people make mistakes. I, I'm not sure where, and I couldn't even be sure of how many times, but I am willing to bet... I handed in work that had spelling errors or grammatical errors or punctuation errors or formatting errors or any of those little things that when it's one o'clock in the morning and you're so focused on making sure it's perfect 
that you miss because now you spent all of this time staring at this document or whatever it is you need to do. And it's very difficult at that point to make it perfect. We all have a life. We all have things that we would like to be doing outside of work. Like I said, even if you absolutely love your job, love what you're doing, love the people you're working with, the environment, all of that, there's still other things for you outside of that job. And they're there for you for a reason, because we need to have diversity in our life. We need to have different points of interest, you know, hanging out with friends, networking, um, spending time with family, cleaning your house, doing your laundry, things like that. We all have responsibilities aside from our job. It's important to make sure that we are taking the time we need to do the things that we're responsible for outside of the office as well. If you're single, the only person that is being impacted by these outside the career type responsibilities is you. You went on a trip, you worked lots of hours, you forgot to register your car again, and you get pulled over and you get a ticket. You haven't cleaned out the fridge, you go on a trip, you come home, and something funky's growing in there. You're the only person that has to live with those things. You have to pay the fine. That's just you. When you have a family, there's other people involved now. There's other people that are impacted by your decision to work around the clock. And maybe you think that it's in their best interest for you to work like crazy and get promoted and move up the ladder and make lots of money so that they can have everything and anything they want out of life from a financial and materials standpoint. Perhaps. Perhaps that's all they want. Perhaps that's all they need. But if you're always at work and not there to see it, how would you know? What might you be missing? If you're spending all of your time focused on your career and not the other things outside of the office, how might your life might be enriched if you were spending more time outside of the office doing things for you? If you had more time for you, you might learn how to play golf. You might have a family. You might get to see a, a, a school basketball game or school play, ballet recital once in a while. You might meet that person that you've been hoping to meet at some point but never have any time to date anybody. And with that, I'll leave you with one question. If you took some time to balance your personal life with your professional life, what kind of opportunities for a better life would that open for you? All right, so thanks for tuning in to Not Your Ordinary Girl. I hope you enjoyed it. Head on over to notyourordinarygirl.com and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Feel free to drop me a note with any topics you'd like to hear about or feedback, and please go ahead and recommend it to your friends. Until next time, remember to always stand up and be confident, stand by all that you do and say with integrity, and stand out, because after all, there's only one.